It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and credentialed media member, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at L-O Thunderpod. Call into the show, 405-362-7128. Your number to call, 405-362-7128. Email the show, Thunderpod at gmail.com. No reason for you not to be involved with this show. On today's show, brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off that next order. We're going to be diving into the Houston Rockets, trading away Robert Covington, possibly signaling a total rebuild, but then we get controversial reports about wanting to trade Russell Westbrook for John Wall, and the Rockets not really wanting to trade anyone. And then we'll talk about the Bucks trading for Drew Holiday, the NBA announcing the structure for the schedule. We're also going to dive into the NBA draft, which is tonight, and we'll talk about, heading into tonight, what is the best-case scenario for the Oklahoma City Thunder, what is the worst-case scenario for the Oklahoma City Thunder, and what is the most realistic-case scenario for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So we start with the Houston Rockets and we dive into the Robert Covington trade. This trade got the Rockets the 16th pick in tonight's draft and a protected 2021 draft pick from the Portland Trailblazers. And they also received back Trevor Ariza. Uh, I I think that this is a great move by the Trailblazers. You're not going to find a Robert Covington that's ready to play today and ready to play this season at pick 16. You're just not. And so to finally make a win now move, to finally make a move to improve your here and now team, uh, that's awesome for Portland. And you you vastly improve your defense if you're Portland. This is a really, really good move for them. For Houston, you get worse immediately. You get worse immediately. Now you do recoup a 2021 pick. You do get back a pick in this year's draft, which you didn't have. But to me, this has to signal a full rebuild. And there's just been, every time you look up, every other hour, there's a new report around the Houston Rockets. But they talked earlier today about wanting to get into a swap of John Wall and Russell Westbrook, which I don't understand. You're not really saving any money on that. About $100,000 you're saving on that trade. And at least you know that Russell Westbrook is good. Again, John Wall used to be really good. But coming back from an injury... Is he still going to be that guy, or, or or how close can he be to the guy he was before his injury? None of us really know. So to give up Russell Westbrook for that is kind of crazy. And then to expect draft picks for Russell Westbrook or a big young star for Russell Westbrook 
is pretty crazy as well. The Rockets seem, and they're saying the right things, that they're comfortable heading into this season being uncomfortable with the situation. They're comfortable taking the heat from Harden and Russ and just saying, look, guys, you're under contract. You're going to play here. Suck it up. They're not necessarily going to give in to the player empowerment movement. They're, they're going to say, look, you signed this contract. You are a member of the Houston Rockets, so go play. Or don't get paid. One of the two. And we'll see if they can stick to that plan because it hasn't worked for many people, many people at all. And I, I wonder if that's just some posturing right now to try to have that last grasp at trade value for James Harden. Because when James Harden can pick the team he wants to go to, even while being under team control for two years with a player option for the third year, if he can just handpick the team he wants to go to, maybe we've spiraled out of control and maybe we have it. So we'll see what happens with the James Harden contract. I want to dive into now the Bucks trading for Drew Holiday. Great trade for the Bucks in the near future, as in this season. I'm skeptical about the trade long term. I think in the near future, you get immensely better with Drew Holiday by trading Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. But you also had to give up three first-round picks and two pick swaps, which is incredibly risky if Giannis leaves in free agency, although now it appears that Giannis will just sign that super max. So if, if it took trading for Drew Holiday to get that super max, that is awesome. However, Drew Holiday can leave after this season. And then you're left with no picks. And then how do you improve your team around Giannis? And, and then what do you do to impress Giannis past signing the deal? We've seen in Oklahoma City, signing the deal means nothing. You're just getting started. If you're in a small market and you get a player to sign the deal, that's great, but you're just getting started. Oklahoma City got Paul George to sign the deal. They were just getting started, and then they ended up having to trade him. So signing the deal is great, and it is a big step forward, and it should be celebrated that this small market was able to get Giannis to resign if they do get him to resign. But they still have they still have to find ways to improve the team past Drew Holiday if Drew Holiday does not resign. And how can you do that without five first round picks? They just gave up for Drew Holiday. That is going to be something to follow. Oh, along with this, if it is now the consensus around the league that Giannis will resign with the Bucks, this allows teams like the Heat and the Mavericks who were very interested and very rumored and tied to Giannis to now jump into the fray of a Gallinari or, or be more aggressive this offseason and look to improve their team here and now versus waiting it out and waiting for that pipe dream of 2021's free agency class. They can do a lot of things. And now there's still a ton of free agents left next year, even without Giannis. But you could see them maybe make a move they wouldn't have if they know now that Giannis is off the board. And so, speaking of sign-and-trades with Gallinari, the Bucks also made a sign-and-trade to get Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, from the Kings, and they gave up Dante DiVincenzo, DJ Wilson, and uh, Ilyasova. So, what this, to me, signals is that I was pretty accurate on what on what the value around Gallinari would be. Uh, because I went on Lockdown Heat, you can go check that out, I went on Lockdown Heat on Monday, and we talked about a Gallinari trade. And I thought that his value would be Kendrick Nunn, and maybe you lift the protections from the 2023 pick. That's what I said on Sunday whenever we recorded. He posted it Sunday afternoon or Monday morning. You can go listen to that to that in full. But that's that's really the value. I mean, Kendrick Nunn and Dante DiVincenzo, I think, have the exact same value on the market. I think that Gallinari and, and, and Bogdanovich 
kind of close there. Uh, so sure, you get Kendrick Nunn back for helping out the Heat, and, and he goes to Miami. Uh, but I think that that's kind of what you should be preparing yourself for, a trade like this for Gallinari. If you're someone who had visions of, of bigger things than that for Gallinari, uh, I think that you were mistaken. Again, I have to say this because uh, there were people who were somehow upset with what the Thunder got back for Dennis Schroeder, which was just insane to me. I thought that was a great trade. So just to let you know, the sign trade market may be a little bit more robust now that teams are not maybe not wanting to wait for, for the new free agency class without Giannis, but the return is still not going to be something to write home about. It'll be a flyer prospect and maybe a first-round pick in the future. We'll see if that. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Gallinari, but I did want to talk about the NBA releasing their schedule structure. And so the the biggest way to summarize this on a podcast where, you know, y- you might not be able to just sit down and write down all this information, I do have it on Twitter, so go check out Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Uh, but it's just last year's schedule by chopping off 10 games. They're still going to play outside of the conference. They're actually going to play less divisional games uh, than last year. And that structure is kind of the opposite of what we heard or speculated or thought would happen with this schedule because the talk around the NBA has been reduced travel, reduced travel, reduced travel. And so everyone kind of took that and said, okay, well, cut out the non-conference games and up your division games. They did the opposite of that. They brought in division, they brought in non-conference games and downgraded the division games. So I'm interested to see how this all works and this, how this all works in the schedule will come out in two parts. Part one will happen around the start of training camp per NBA PR. The second part will come out at the start of the all-star break. Again, the all-star break is still going to happen, but there's going to be no game and no festivities around it, at least not in person festivities. They might do some horse game like they did during the hiatus or whatever, but it will not be this, the typical all-star weekend along with the schedule. They also put in there how the season will work and they put out there the the play-in tournament will happen, which we already knew, but it does not have a qualifier for the tournament. For example, last year in the bubble, you had to be within four games of that eight seed to trigger the play-in tournament. That's why there was only one play-in game, and it was between Portland and Memphis and not between Eastern Conference teams, was because the Eastern Conference teams had too much separation to justify it. Now, it's just strictly 7 through 10. If you get to 7th seed, you are going up against 10th seed no matter how far away they are from you. And I just, I struggle to embrace that only because look at the Mavericks last year. The Mavericks were clearly the better team. The Mavericks were clearly far and away a playoff team, but they still would have had to risk it and go to a play-in tournament. And in the Western Conference, The 10th team is not going to be terrible. The 10th team is not going to be Charlotte. The 10th team can easily be a very quality basketball team that can beat you two games in a row. And so at that point, what was the the whole purpose of fighting for that 7th seed outside of you only need to win one game instead of two? I, I I am... kind of out on the fact they're including seven. Now, if you want to do an automatic 8-9 play-in, okay, I can get that. But doing an automatic 7-10 play-in, I, I just don't like that at all, really. I, I don't. I think that the seventh seed typically has earned it. There's only a few cases in which they haven't. And so I, I don't see the need to to bring them into this, uh, but they're going to. And so that'll be interesting to follow, especially 
in that tough Western Conference. There's truly 10 playoff spots up for grabs this year. I mean, if you get to that top 10 marker, you're going to be playing in the post-regular season, the postseason. So credit to these teams uh, if they can try to do it. And that's why I think that there's going to be a more robust market for guys like Danny Green, guys like Kelly Oubre, guys like Ricky Rubio, which we'll talk about after the break whenever we talk about the best, worst, and most realistic case scenarios about draft night tonight for the Oklahoma City Thunder. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you're going to get 20% off that next order. That's right, 20% off that next order. Built Bars are fantastic, they are great for pre-workout, they are great for post-workout, they are even great as a meal replacement. That is just how good these Built Bars are. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate on the outside, they are soft and easy to chew, they have those six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, Cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, and apple almond crisp. They are great for the health conscious person losing or maintaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Get your hands on some built bars today by going to builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on. You're going to get 20% off that next order. Promo code locked on. Get 20% off that next order at builtbar.com. My personal favorite has to be the banana nut bread option. So get yourself some Bilt Bars today at BiltBar.com, promo code locked on. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. And we are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. This is Locked on Thunder, your only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So be sure to subscribe to the show wherever it is you get your podcast from. And so we're going to continue this show by talking about the best, worst, and most realistic case scenarios for the Oklahoma City Thunder heading into tonight's NBA Draft. Tonight's NBA Draft, a live coverage on Locked on Live starts at 6.45 p.m. Central Time. Locked on Live NBA Draft Edition will have Chad Ford, host of Chad Ford's Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network, formerly of ESPN, a draft expert, uh, Jeremy Wu, draft expert for Sports Illustrated by Brad Rowland of Dime.com, David Locke of Locked On Jazz, and the radio voice of the Utah Jazz and the owner of this company. How about that? So that's going to be an amazing cast of people you can listen to on Locked On Live as well as the local experts whenever their team's on the clock, right before the pick, right after the pick, you're going to get their instant reaction. So you can have reaction from 
each individual market of what their picks are, rather than just national pundits making something up and saying buzzwords. You can get true insight and analysis at Locked On Live. So you can go to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Twitch, and YouTube, and all those places you get your live streams from. You can go search Locked On Live and find them there. An additional content note is that the NBA PR has done a great job, and so they're still allowing the media to meet with players after they've been selected. Typically, this does happen in the green room afterward, after you get the hat from the commissioner. Obviously, they're not going to do the draft in person, so we will still get to go to these Zoom rooms after prospects have been selected, uh, and so they'll send us to a room, and we can talk to the prospects. So after the Thunder make their selections, I'll be in those Zoom rooms, talking to the players that they select, seeing what they have to say about the situation and about going to Oklahoma city and all of that fun stuff. So that those answers will be both here on Thursday's show. I'll, I'll play them for you on the podcast. And if you want them instantly, you can go to Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. It's at R Y L A N underscore S T I L E S. So I want to talk now about what's the best case scenario. Let's start positive. What's the best case scenario for the Oklahoma city thunder on draft night? Well, the, the absolute best case scenario I think would be described as the highest ceiling. So what is the, the biggest splash factor of this draft and what could be the biggest, the biggest move Sam Presti makes? To me, that's your best case scenario, and that is to trade up to one of the top two picks, number one or number two, without giving up Shea, without giving up the Oklahoma City 21 pick or the Oklahoma City 22 pick. You have other picks in those classes I'd be fine with giving giving up, but not the ones that Oklahoma City controls what happens with them. So that's the best case scenario. You trade up in the top two by and still keep those three pieces. You still keep those three, those three assets. And then you select Lamella Ball. You select LaMelo Ball, who is reportedly at the top of Sam Presti's big board, according to Jonathan Gioni of, of ESPN, a draft expert. He's saying that, that Sam Presti loves LaMelo Ball. And it seems like the Timberwolves, if they cannot find a trade partner, want to select Anthony Edwards. So that brings back in the Warriors into play. So that is a part of your best case scenario. Another factor in that is finding a way on draft night to trade one of Ricky Rubio, Danny Green, or Kelly Oubre. Because I think if you trade them tonight, that ensures you get a good draft pick. For for Danny Green, it could be as low as the Mavericks 31 pick in the second round, which is technically still a second round pick, but it's the first pick in the second round. So it's kind of like you can get someone who free fell out of the first round. And then if you trade Oubre, of course, you're going to get probably a, a, a late lottery or, or early a teens pick there or mid to late teens pick there for Kelly Oubre if you can trade him on, on draft night. We'll see what happens there. But I think moving on from one of those three players and already flipping them out of your organization uh, would be the best case scenario for Oklahoma City because that means you did get a draft asset for one of them. Now, if you can trade all three of them, that would really be some Sam Presti magic. So now, let's take a step back. That's the best case scenario. We will be celebrating if the Thunder make a big splash without giving up one of those three top assets and getting Lamella Ball and trading one of, if not all three, of Rubio, Green, and Uber Jr. What would be the worst case scenario? To me, the worst case scenario in this draft, you have to remember, this draft does not have a Zion, does not have a jaw. This draft is still not a part of your rebuild. Your rebuild starts this coming season and this coming draft. You have to nail your selections in 2021 
2022, in 2023, you have to nail your selections to make this rebuild worthwhile. If you can get a, a good find in this class, that's great. But if you swing and miss, no big deal. No big deal at all. It does not impact your timeline. But what would be the worst case scenario? So that already rules out a lot of worst case scenarios. But this would be the worst case scenario, and that is trading up in this draft to select Poku. If you trade up in this draft by using future assets, again, future first-round picks I'm talking about. Now, if you package 25 and 28, I'm good. If you package 25, 28 and your second-round pick, I'm good. If you, As long as you stay away from using first-round picks from the future, I am good with trading up to get Poku. But if you start dipping into your future first-round assets, I am out. I am out on that deal. That would be my nightmare. That would be my worst-case scenario. Because as much as the organization seems to love Poku, I am not sold on him by any means. In fact, I would put his percentages to bust way higher than his percentages to be that, that ever-elusive unicorn that the organization hopes for him to be. So you cannot, in my opinion, touch future first-round picks for a seven-foot big man who needs to put on some extreme weight who has never played above the second division overseas, who has never played good competition. He's playing a glorified YMCA league over there who can't finish around the rim at seven feet, who cannot protect the rim at seven feet, who cannot shoot the ball as well as Chris Tops could at this age, who cannot do a lot of things. There's a lot of things he cannot do. Yes, he's a unique passer. He's a unique ball handler. But that's not enough. But if you have this conviction, if you're Sam Presti, that Poku's going to be a legitimate player in this league, then I'm fine drafting him. I'm fine trading up for him as long as it does not involve future picks. That's the key part in this worst-case scenario. The worst-case scenario is not drafting drafting Poku, Pokovicki. I wouldn't do it, but I can see why you would if you're Sam Presti because, look, none of these guys are going to be more than probably a role player in this range of the 20s. So why not swing on somebody we think might be able to be a unicorn, and then if we lose out on a role player, so be it. I understand the appeal there, but the appeal cannot come at the cost of future first-round picks, mostly in 21 and 22, where the drafts are absolutely loaded with, with talent and, and absolutely loaded top to bottom and viewed as historic draft classes. This cannot happen. This would be the absolute worst-case scenario. That would be a dreadful, dreadful post-draft podcast. I really would. But coming up, I'm going to tell you the most realistic case scenario for Oklahoma City, what I think will actually happen for the Thunder tonight as we await the 2020 NBA Draft. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So what is the most realistic case scenario for the Oklahoma City Thunder ahead of the 2020 NBA Draft tonight? I am Rylan Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. This is Locked on Thunder, your only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the most realistic case scenario to me is you somehow wind up with Poku. And honestly, I think that the Thunder stay put. I think the Thunder stay at 25 and 28. They've made promises before, but still not moved up for their guy. 
I mean, they've made promises to Matisse Thibel in recent years last year. Uh, still did not move up to get him and let Philadelphia take him. Uh, they're not really going to going to be indebted to this promise to where if the Mavericks gonna are going to call their bluff at pick 18, they're not just going to trade willy-nilly up to pick 18. Now, if Kelly Oubre gets you pick 18, that's fine. But they're not going to, I don't think, and I, and I hope not, risk their future or trade any future assets for pick 18 just for Poku. I think that they most realistically stay put, make their two selections. Now, as for who those selections will be, your guess is as good as mine. Again, Poku would be an amazing bet. If you absolutely just had to put a gun to your head and say, who's the selection? I would say Poku. But with this draft class, there are so many people rising up big boards right now. There are so many people improving their draft stock. Teams have had so much time to overthink this. Teams have, teams have had so much time to look deeper into situations that if all these guys are rising up big boards, somebody has to fall. So you could get really good value at pick 25, 28, because this draft class I know is weak at the top in the sense of there is no clear-cut Zion, there is no clear-cut Luka, there is no clear-cut Trey Young, but... There is still a ton of role players in this draft. There is still a ton of quality starters in this draft class. I have graded out a lot of guys to be role players in this league, to be starters in this league, and to be permanent contributors for NBA squads. That's what you can get at 25 and 28. But if I had to bet what the Thunder do right now, which is never a good thing, because as soon as you think you have it figured out, you never do with the Thunder. As much as I would like them to make a big splash, because look, that is strictly great content. I don't know if it actually happens. I do have this weird feeling that it will. I have this weird feeling that we're going to find out later on today that Sam Presti had in fact made a move for the Mellow Ball. But without getting that 10th pick, without getting that that 10th pick from the Suns for Chris Paul, without getting into that top 10 with a, a Knicks trade or something, it now becomes more and more difficult to move from 25 to 1 versus pick 8 or 10 to 1. So I think that they stay put. I think that they wind up with Poku. And I think that we're going to have a very mundane NBA draft class where we just come out of it saying, eh, okay, we'll see what these guys become. Because again, this draft is not the one you have to hit on. This draft is not the one that there are stakes attached to. If you screw up next year or the year after that, or the year after that, you have permanently damaged the timeline of this rebuild. If you screw up this year, so be it. So be it. You're playing with house money right now. That's the final time we get to say that phrase. Because after the draft, that book is closed, that chapter is closed, and you move on to where it really matters. It is fun acquiring assets. It is fun getting all these 16 first-round picks. It's fun. It's really fun. But now becomes the hard part. Now you got to build the team. you got all the parts for the car. you got to build the car now. And this becomes more and more difficult the further we get down the road. But again, this class... It's fine. If you hit on this pick, great. If you don't, okay. Pressure is on the next three years, next four years. So you can again check out check out Locked On Live. Locked On Live is finally here with the NBA Draft. The Locked On Podcast Network will have live covers this year on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch at Locked On Live. The only place you can find Chad Ford, the goat of NBA Draft analysis on Draft Night. Join Chad Ford, Brad Rowland uh, of Locked On Hawks, David Locke. Uh, of Locked On Jazz for the most in-depth coverage of the NBA draft featuring analysis from Jamie Wu of Sports Illustrated as well as our local experts around the Locked On Podcast Network. So follow Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch to get alerts as soon as they go live, which will be at 6.45 Central Time 
today. The draft will be a lot of fun on tomorrow's Lockdown Thunder. This is a daily podcast. On tomorrow's Lockdown Thunder, we're going to break down every single selection made by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Do I like the pick? Do I hate the pick? Uh, what would I have done with the pick? We're also going to do winners and losers from the NBA draft. Who had a steal of a draft and who came up lame in the NBA draft? On Friday's show, we will preview free agency and where Oklahoma City sits after the trade window opens and the draft heading into the season and free agency where they sit Getting ready for this tanking season? We'll see. I am Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Lockdown Thunder. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.